ask yourself one question. Do I feel like it? Or do you bunk? What you just said Ten, is nine, one of the most insanely eight, idiotic seven, things I have ever six, heard. Five, Everyone four, in this room three, is now dumb two, for having one, listened to it. Zero. May God have mercy on your soul. Welcome to Pan and Scan Podcast. Well, hello there, everybody. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, and welcome to... Wow, Ben, it's ten episodes. Ten episodes. It's double figures. No way. I know. It's crazy. Who'd have thought all those weeks ago? Yeah, I know. Ten, ten weeks ago? Yeah, well more, than, well, more than that. Yeah, we've had a bit of a hiatus, haven't we, really? Yeah. Well, it's been, it's been summer holidays. It so. has been, indeed, yeah. We've all been off and out doing our own things, but uh, yeah, it's good. But we're back now. We're back. We're back, and we've got a lot to talk about. Mostly films. Oh yeah, mostly films. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've got you know a little something special for this episode coming up soon. Yeah. And uh, I went to the cinema a couple of times. Most recently, yesterday to see, to see Expendables two with my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, so, gonna gonna sort of talk about that. Yeah. So, look forward to that, listeners. Yes. Get on it. So yeah, and we've got. Um, I've been mostly watching things. Well, I've picked up a few more Blu-rays. I've picked up a few nice. more films. So, um, so yeah, I've been I've been challenging myself to uh, to watch a load of films and then to find the links between them. And that is known as famously uh, six degrees of separation. So we're we're doing a six degrees of separation episode. That's right, sort of. Yeah. So loosely. Well, yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those where we'll. we'll, we'll t- <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some films. Do you guys think, see if you can think of any different ways around it. But uh, yeah, it took, it took me a while to work some out. And yeah. even in the run-up to starting the show just now, I've been looking at more and I found even more obscure ways of getting to different places, including more films. So a lot of these are going to be impromptu, last-minute little yeah. insertions into this little separational Same. game. But uh, I think before we start, Ben, I think we should address uh, the news that's happened just recently. Uh, one Tony Scott's death. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... It's, Which is, you know... It's a big loss, really. It is, indeed, yeah. I know that at the moment, currently, he was in the... Wasn't he? he was starting to look at starting the new Top Gun 2. Yeah, or, I, I didn't know if it was a remake or if it was a sequel, uh, yeah. I think it's supposed to be a sequel with with um, Tom Cruise in it as well. Tom Cruise again. I didn't yeah. see it, I didn't know that, actually. No. Yeah, so... It's a shame because, he, you know, you grow up with so many... of. Tony Scott's films in your head, and you, you you sort of you watch them, and you don't realize you're watching Tony Scott films. Well, that's it, and he's done so much. He's, he's directed so much, but he's produced so much as well. Um, yeah, prolifically, he's, he's he's produced a lot of his brother's films in Ridley Scott. So there's quite a lot of things that he's been doing with that as well. So he's also even if it, it, I think with Tony Scott though, that he's directed a lot of film a lot more films than you would probably realize. We realize, yeah. Um, there's so many that. You you would never think, uh, or you, or you 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 hear mostly of Ridley Scott, but you don't realise how much Tony Scott has done. That's it. I think he's overshadowed by his brother, but I mean, at the end of the day, he was still a prolific uh, director. Well, that's you know? it. And it's a shame we've uh, the you know the film industry suffered a, a loss as well as the family's also suffered a personal loss. That's right. Um, and obviously our thoughts are, are with them at the minute. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think this show is going to be dedicated to Tony Scott. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a shame that his career had to end mm. in such a way. Especially when he, he had some, he was he was still up for producing other films, and and he still had a lot of work out in front of him. So. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, 
it's it's a, it's a sad loss for everybody. And there we go. Just thought we'd flag that up there, yeah. listeners. But uh, moving on then. Moving on. Um, yeah, so I went to the uh, cinema yesterday, actually. Yeah, and you went to see The Expendables 2. I did go to see The Expendables 2. Went to our local showcase. Uh, not the big not the big cinema deluxe. Yeah. But the, the smaller venue with the sticky floors and the broken seats <laughs> and the, you know, the creaking. <laughs> Much like the studio chairs. That's right. Especially your chair, Ben. You're making a lot of noise. Um, <laughs> but you went to see the extravaganza that is. Uh, yeah, Expendables 2. And Stallone, Stathan, yeah, Lee, uh, Schwarzenegger, that other guy, <laughs> Norris, Willis, <laughs> who else is in this film? <laughs> Everybody. Is Every it? 80s action star is in this film. Obviously, we, we had our 80s show before. And we we did, yeah. That, and there's a lot of pe- most people who were in those films are in this. Or in this one film. So, obviously, the big, the big thing is really the return of Schwarzenegger. Yes. Properly. Um, Properly. So... so how was he? Well, old yeah. is the word I'd use. The thing is, he's he does appear in it for the first five minutes, and he's literally in it for like a, a couple of minutes, and then he leaves, and you think, oh, okay, it's just been another cameo. So yeah. the trailer hyped it up to be this return of 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 the the Schwarzenegger, mm. as I'm going to call him from now on. Um, Schwarzenegger. And it turns out he does. He he comes back later on in the film, along with Bruce Willis. Um, the thing is, all the little. And I use this all this sort of terminology l- loosely. The plot of of the original Expendables film had a sort of structure and um, identifiable characters. For instance, Bruce Willis was like the the shadowy government figure handing out these orders and these missions, and mm. he was a kind of hard ass and a kind of bit of a, somewhat of, an, of a bad guy. And he and he starts out as this, and then later on. He comes back, he brings Schwarzenegger back into the film, like, you know, cradling a small child, or a rather large child, and he's all smiles and happy and picks up a gun and joins the team. So Bruce Willis is, is in on the action this time. He's not just okay. giving the orders, he's in on the action. And with him comes Schwarzenegger as like a little, you know, side little character, um, just shooting guns, really. There is no plot to this film at all, other than the fact that there is some bad people, bad group of men... Uh, you know, trying to steal some plutonium from a mine, and um, for one reason or another, the the old boys get thrown in on the action and have to sort of save the day. And other than that, there is no plot to this film other than the fact that these characters, you've got the central characters of the group, the Expendables. Um, Mickey Rock's not in this film, though. Oh, no. no, he's the only character not to return. I do like Mickey Rock. Jet Li is at the beginning of the movie for literally ten minutes, the first opening ten fifteen minutes of the movie, and then he's he leaves and he never comes back into the film. But he's replaced by a Chinese woman. Okay. Who Bruce Willis gives to Swar- uh, to Stallone to, and sort of says, you know, you've got to look after her, and she she wants to come in on the mission, and but you know, if anything happens to it, if one hair on her head is touched, you're a dead man, kind of thing. You think, oh. Probably that's going to come back later. She's going to be a daughter or yeah. a cousin or an auntie or something like that. Uh, no, no, mm. just 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 some Chinese woman. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't really come back. Um, Van Damme is the bad guy. Oh, is he? Constantly wearing a leather jacket and and black shades with a brilliant little one-liners. Oh, and self self-refer- referencing in this movie is incredible. Yeah. 
90% of the dialogue is taken up by references to previous films. I'll Be Back is mentioned. Yeah. And I think it's Bruce Willis that says to him, no, no, you've been back enough, I'll I'll be back, and then runs off into the fray. That's that's good. Uh, oh, my God. And it's just, you know, we're all back together again, and oh, we're old now. And it just loads of little references to the past little... Yeah. And there's, a t- there's loads of Terminator references... Um, every time Chuck Norris comes on, there's the theme tune from the uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Every time Chuck Norris comes in, he just pops in. He he sort of parachutes in and shoots people, and then parachutes off again. Okay. Uh, with a little wink and a smile to the camera, uh, makes no sense at all. Just yeah. comes and goes as he pleases into the fray. Um, there's a scene where Willis and Schwarzenegger, like I say, there are there are two some in this for some reason, and they're very very happy to be shooting. You know, semi-automatic guns, which Aww. is which is nice for them. Like I say, that's really sweet. Yeah, it is kind of like that. But, you know, they should be holding hands whilst doing these yeah. scenes. Uh, they drive a smart car, <laughs> and Schwarzenegger has that line. You know, my shoe is bigger than this car. You know, that's brilliant. Um, there's a lot of shooting. One of the characters who's a new character that joins the team at the beginning of the film. You know, he's dead within the first half of the movie, and he does die. Yeah. And then it's about revenge. Uh, we got to revenge and get back at Van Damme for killing our comrade, who none of us know because he's new. And we don't really care about him that much. He had a girlfriend, um, so there's a letter going to the girlfriend at the end of the movie. You know, your son, you know, your your boyfriend died in honor in combat, um, and it just sort of ends in a big gunfight and bang, dead, explosion, explosion, bang, dead. That's okay. Expendables too. And I suppose that's kind of the, what they wanted to bring back, though, isn't it? The, the whole point of the Expendables is like is an all-out kind of action film, which doesn't have to make much sense, like the yeah. like, like the '80s type stuff that we talked about before. But do but how does it work really these days? Do it does it? I think are we all misty-eyed thinking of the the stuff that we used to watch when we were kids, and this doesn't really live. Up yeah, to it's it, more or? nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. But this film is just essentially one long road call. The, the characters get called in, they shoot a couple of shots, I mean literal gun shots, yeah. and then they leave the screen again. And that happens three or four times during this whole film. And loosely, there's a loose story about Van Damme stealing plutonium and these guys have to get it back because obviously Van Damme's the bad guy and they're the good team, so they've got to get it back. Okay. That's it. And then it's just Schwarzenegger and Willis come in every now and again, Norris steps in every now and again and then parachutes back out again. Even when they're not even like on any high ground, he just sort of manages to float away. It's incredible. <laughs> um, it, it, <laughs> to me, to be honest, half it was so it's so self referential that it's just sort of I'm getting a bit bored now. Yeah. So it, it's got it almost loses the sort of charm of the first film mm. in replace of just having the names up there. Like it's great to see Schwarzenegger firing a gun again, and he yeah. fires a huge thing. Uh, this cannon thing that he's got under his arm it's just blowing away people and the yeah. and the gore and graphic violence is is beautiful heads pop like grapes it's fantastic stuff um but other than that it's it, it it's thin it's very hollow yeah and to me about halfway through i was kind of bored really yeah but i can't wait for schwarzenegger's new film yeah, um, his actual so that you know his new. He's you know, actually back. He's actually back, kicking ass. Um, name of the film, Ben. Um, he is going to. Be in, oh. Wow, this could have gone so right. I know he's going to be. In, I know he's going to be in triplets. Have you heard of that? What's triplets about? It's twins too. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
Yes. No, Ben. It can't be true. It's the it's, tomb. We're talking about the tomb, which is the, the, yeah. the next thing with him in. With uh, uh, Stallone in it as well, so... Yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, and one that the one thing to note about the Expendables and the age factor and all this sort of thing is yeah. the eyes. Like Stallone's eyes are melting away. Yeah. And there's the last bit of the film where Van Damme takes his his shades off and his leather jacket off, and his eyes are, are very odd looking. Yeah. Very odd. But it's it's just 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 for you, John. It's here's the um, the poster for the Last Stand, which is that's it, the Last Stand. Film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll probably put that up on the Facebook page so you can see it if you haven't seen it already. But uh, yeah, it's just Arnie stood there. He's he's the sheriff, and uh, the tagline is not in his town, not on his watch. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Last Stand. I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah. Again, you know, <laughs> <laughs> as long as it. There's no, I, I love the homages to the those eight over excess eighties cheesy action yeah. movies. We've we've talked about this, but this film, but the Expendables two was just overtly self referential. Yeah. Over and over and over again, it was like, oh my god, yes, I'll be back. Brilliant, you know, fine. Mm. But if this film is just if this film is going to be an honest, an honest action movie, basically. Yeah. I mean, the the, the Expendables is like a nudge and a wink, and you know, this we're purposefully doing this, so we're all in the same film. Fair enough, you know, it's a bit of a laugh. Yeah. That's fine. But, you know, I'd like to see an honest, you know, down-to-earth kind of just good old-fashioned action movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger in. So I'm actually looking forward to that film. Yeah, you can you kind know. of see that, can't you? You can kind of see the way he's... And he can still pull it off for his age. I mean, yeah, he, he does look older now and stuff. Yeah. And for some reason, in, in The Expendables 2, they spiked his hair up messily, but he just looks like an old man that's got out of bed. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to make him look, like, dramatic, but it doesn't. Okay. But um, I'm, the last time I'm looking forward to, yeah. And, and triplets, good lord. Yeah, yeah. That's not, all I can yeah, say. It's, I, I'm it's, not sure about it. It's Danny. Yeah. Danny DeVito's kind of in it. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, getting everybody back together for it. God, I mean, he has Danny DeVito done anything since um, Twins? I think he's been in a lot. Well, he was in like he was in Batman, uh, Batman Returns. So he was in um, uh, Big Fish. Um, it wasn't Big Fish. Yeah, which is really really cool. Really like that film. Oh, so yeah, I like Big Fish. Recently. Tim Burton, yeah. Yeah. Bill and Bob. Going to see that at the cinema, that was good. Um, but yeah, I think he's more into a bit more TV at the moment. I saw him in um, a Christmas film. I can't remember what it was called. Well, I know he's in this Christmas. Yeah, Deck the Halls. Was he, was he a... Was he a uh... Oh, very very witty. I like that. Yeah, yeah. it's clever. Was he... <laughs> so he wasn't a uh, elf? No. No, so... Strange. So, yeah. But that... well, no, I've not seen him in... in... I know he does... A bit more stage now. Yeah, I heard he'd done a lot more stage acting just recently. So, yeah, yeah. I, I saw an interview uh, a couple of months back. He was doing some sort of stage production. I wasn't yeah. paying attention, unfortunately. But I think with with Arnie coming back, I think it's a, an opportunity for him to come back and do something. But there's a new Bill and Ted film. No way. Yeah, original cast. No so, freaking yeah. way. So yeah, but everything seems to be except for George Carlin because he's he's dead, yeah. unfortunately. But um, yeah, so it's I think I think. The 80s are back. 80s and the mid-90s, yeah, early 90s. Uh, yeah, back. early 90s. Yeah, so we've got we've got the action stuff, and then we've got the, uh, I don't know, weird stuff. The weird, the weird little yeah. niche little comedy films. I don't know about that. Mm. More about the action, but maybe action and horror. Yeah. Um, I'm all up for that. I'm still waiting for the next Friday the 13th. But yeah. uh, I don't know about triplets, and I don't know about Bill and Ted. So I, don't, so I don't know where they go with triplets. Do they find another brother, or...? Another what? brother. <laughs> Maybe so, but, but oh, 
Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe there was an. You've, I think you've you've clocked it there, Ben. I think you've written the film there. It. It's done, done and done. Yeah, new brother. There was more than one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. Um. Yes. Um. Apart from that, at the cinema, I also watched uh, Brave. And how was that? The I new Pixar that's... film, Brave. Because I think that's it's from 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 the kind of not not reviews, but kind of thoughts before it came out was that would it would it stand up especially with the misfire that was Cars 2 Cars 2 the sequel yeah. now to me you know obviously we all know that Pixar is a huge powerhouse mm-hmm. and dominates the world of animation today um, and obviously they are in cohorts with Disney franchise uh, yeah. Disney Empire um, and I, you know there was a lot of hype about Brave being a callback or an homage to those uh, tr- more traditional Disney films of you know the princess and uh, kingdoms and mm. horses and bows and arrows and blah 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 and then like you know the sort of age old story of a princess who is shackled to responsibility and she's a wild thing and she just wants to like run in the fields and yeah. dance in the streams and, and do all that kind of stuff um, you know she cannot be saddled down to marriage and, and etc and, and it, it is this film it's great this is I would say it was Pixar's interpretation of a traditional 2D Disney animation. Yeah. It's a callback. And it's a shame because up until this point, Pixar has been all about sort of new ideas, mm. interesting sort of visuals and takes and things. I mean, you've, you know, your Toy Story with toys, your Bugs Life, talking bugs. Uh, I think after Up, they sort of, to me, Pixar went in a different direction. They, they almost got too serious for their own good. And put some real sort of human value into the and, and drama into their their sort of colourful world up until yeah. that point. I mean, up to that point, you had like Monsters Inc. and things like that, um, and various other ones. And then you have like really serious drama and sort of depressing drama, especially in the case of Up. Maybe cry for days just what after watching the film. Oh, yeah. And then you had um, Toy Story Three, which to me is an incredible movie mm. but again I think for the subject matter especially with the first two films and, and the sort of tone and atmosphere that they create at mm. Toy Story 1 and 2 that Toy Story 3 I think just went a bit too far with that with the context yeah, within the context and with the sort of the idea of the toys being abandoned and being picked up again and, and this and I mean it almost goes to like a psychological level with these toys where at one scene in the film they all decide to commit group suicide pretty much which yeah. is, I think, to me, it just sort of took me out of the film a bit. And I was like, you know what? This is not Toy Story anymore. It's gone to this next level where up, where it started with up and now mm. it's gone to this. And I think they've just sort of, it's almost like they've retreated again. Yeah. But, you know, and retreated to a place where we'll just do something safe, i.e. we'll do a homage to, like I say, a traditional Disney yeah. film. Um, and for what it is, it's brilliant and it's so well done and it's so well rendered, design, etc. All the things you expect from Pixar, it's all here. But the story is just a traditional story, mm. which is a shame. So, you know, again, the thing is, people are saying it's sparking. The, is this now the downfall of the Pixar studios? Because obviously they've had the Cars to. To me, Cars was, wasn't a very good film. I didn't enjoy Cars. I didn't think the designs were original. I didn't think the story was anything original. Um, it was sort of like filling all the main plot points yourself, sort of thing. And it just put some eyes on some cars, and then you, there you go. That was my own personal opinion of Cars, and then Cars Two is obviously a, a lesser sequel. Oh yeah, I think Cars Two is just—it just got to a really silly kind of part. Like you said, we got really, really serious, and it got 
um, Pixar got more and more serious up to up, and then let's say Toy Story went it went from your two where there was a bit of the, as the advert said, there's some mild peril in there. <laughs> mild peril to, to where you are, where it's almost like Pixar are pushing for the moments which where they can make you cry. Yeah, and I said I think they went they they took they went too far away from where they were. Really, really brave stuff to be. Oh yeah, to definitely. Yeah, I think it's. And I'm not knocking it for that because I think it's brave, and I think for for an adult audience, it's you get something more out of a Pixar film than you would necessarily a normal kids film. Yeah. But, um, then yeah, it kind of collapsed in itself when it did Cars 2 because they'd already been doing um, a load of Cars shorts. Um, I know they were on um, like the Disney Channel things like that. They had like little five-minute shorts, or whatever. But um, I think because it all centered around Mater, who is who is this kind of just a comic relief character. Everything else kind of fell by the wayside and it was just all based around this one comic character. And I don't know, it just it just didn't really work for me and it just got too too big for itself. And that's when you start to so you start to worry when the next things are like there's a Monsters Inc. prequel, so we've got another sequel or prequel to a film. Um, they're already talking about another Incredibles film. Um, we're we're kind of moving away from the originality which made Pixar so great. And I say that it's starting to play it a bit more safe now. I think it's it's true though because I mean we're used to today's world and it, it, the Hollywood system is full of prequels, it's full of sequels. Yeah. And Pixar, up until the point, had never done that. And then obviously I think Toy Story two was the first sequel they did. Yeah, and that was quite early on, and apparently that was quite because that was when it was still wrangling with Disney, and it was more that it was really really terrible, and it was going to go straight to DVD. And then they kind of rescued it and rewrote it, and it ended up being that good that we released it. And I think when you were when you're that small and you've only released three or four films, going back to to something the the most important, the first you know, the film, start, yeah. the start of all your of the feet length film is, it's okay. I think it's it's okay to do that. But then when you've got yourself established and you're known for hit after hit after hit, why why then? I suppose I suppose that's the point though. That's why they go back, because it's well, we know that people know these characters, and they're not gonna we're not gonna spend half an hour investing in them and getting people right. to buy into it. Let's go with that. But but whereas that might work for for, for others, whereas you might not think you, know, you don't necessarily tie a lot of films together. Whereas with Pixar, it's it's Pixar, and it's it's that is what it's all under. So you you never think of anything else. It's just it's Pixar, and it's another sequel that do. Another sequel. It doesn't matter that so many studios always do sequels, but because they're all different, then you might not think about it. I think in terms of like the Toy Story as well, with the sequel, Toy Story Two actually surpassed the first one. Mm -hmm. And I think that that at that point in Toy Story Two, there was enough drama, and sort of they played the the whole sort of abandoned toy line. Yeah. I think to a real high emotional pitch, but I think it was an acceptable level of emotion. Um, Obviously, I'd like the Jesse song and yeah. etc. It really makes you tear up, and you know the idea of abandoned toys. But I think in Toy Story Three, it's almost to a degree where they've been abandoned to such an extent that they're just going to give up and die. <laughs> and I think at that point, it's just like, okay, maybe you're just drilling this home a bit too hard now. Um, and it's almost like it was made. And like you say, it's a brave move and it's an intelligent move and it's mm. great. But I mean, for, but you've got to understand this is a a cartoon animated movie that was originally pitched at like children yeah. and now we're at this stage and it to me it was like wow where are we going and now it's like they've retreated back 
and people are starting to say that maybe Pixar's seeing the end of its its sort of success run, mm. just like to you know at the end of the day, Disney was uh, just fell into disrepute really, didn't it, in terms of their animation output? Well, that's it, and, well, and it took Pixar to bring them back. Yeah. But it has has then has now that sort of curse passed on, if you like. Well, that's it. Has it swapped over now? Has it now? They're starting to take too much from Disney as a studio mm. and, and kind of go with that. So, so there's Monsters University, which is um, slated for June next year. Um, there is uh, Finding Nemo 2, um, which is uh, supposedly coming out in 2016. So there's already a couple of sequels um, out of the next five um, Pixar films which are in production. There's, a, there's um, a film called The Good Dinosaur, which is, gonna, which is looking for 2014. Good dinosaur. Um, yeah, so there's again, there's not not a huge amount about these. Um, again, I mean, depending on sources as well. I mean, where's this from? Is it is it just? They are they are based from from um, interviews with with the different um, directors of different uh, films and whatever for, for the Pixar films. But yeah, the the good dinosaur is apparently is about if the if the dinosaurs never became extinct. Mm. Um, so that's. That sounds like quite a a safe film, maybe a more kids film. I can't see what how they could make it. I don't know. I don't know what they could do with that one. And there's um, another one which is coming out, um, Dia de las Muertes, which is a um, based around the Mexican holiday. So that sounds like it could be a bit quirky. A bit the original, which yeah. is always good. So there are a couple of things which are still in the pipeline for for being original, and there's there's more there, but it's. When you when you've still got things like Monsters University and you've got Finding Nemo two, just slated in slotted in between, you you you're moving away again from there being a, a an original film. They're, they're obviously not confident in in, in still banging out. It's pushing the stories. market. Let's get some sequels out and then we'll yeah. get around to making a, a film. Why don't you just put all your efforts into making a good yeah. film? Yeah. I suppose it's good. And it, I suppose the idea is they've got to make the money. Well, um, when you get to a certain size of studio, you've got to start putting out more output, definitely, yeah. yeah. So you've so. got to make the money to keep things going, and a lot of that comes down to your bread and butter kind of thing. Oh, yeah, so got, you can't, that's true. You can't push the envelope all the time and make a make a more adult film, um, yeah. things, that, things that might make less money but hit a different audience if you haven't got, if you haven't got something where you know people go and see it. Because you'll know kids will go crazy for the new Monsters, Inc. film, they'll go crazy for Finding Nemo 2, so... You know, you you know, you've got money in the bank with those two films, whereas yeah, of course. Whereas yeah. with, with with other type films, are you going to get it? Are you not going to get it? It's a hard one. It's a hard one. So that's why they go for it, I suppose. But it's the same with with um, with any actor as well. You'll get and and directors. You'll get them doing a couple of safe pictures before they can do something they actually yeah. want to do. I think we talked about Tim Burton before when we were talking about um, Frank and Weenie. Oh yeah, this yeah. is what it's been his pet project since he first got into making film, and he's had, he's had to do a few safe pictures, something uh, to make make some money for for him and for the studio, so they can then say, yeah, go on, go go make this because you've you've made enough money like with Alice. And yeah, Andrew I mean, and you just, yeah, but I mean, there's a danger of becoming just like some sort of schlocky like director for hire, and, yeah. and you know. You fall into that trap then of just doing the. You do, it just becomes a project that you just do, and, and you do to completion date, and then you move on to another another project, and it's you, you lose your, your creativity. And so it's, what, I was it's a danger. So I was watching an interview with Tom Hardy, um, and he was talking about. We were talking to him about what kind of films like he liked doing. Like he was doing. Obviously, he did a lot of TV before he came in, and before he really 
um, broke through with Inception, but before that, done some, he'd done Bronson, um, which is one of my favourite films. Love Bronson. It's good I film. He's brilliant in that. And but it's a low budget small film. Um, but then you've got things like like Inception, you've got um, Warrior, and things like that. quite quite big films. But he also did that rob rom com with um, Chris Pine, um, and that's a, it's. He, he said in the interview that you have to make you have to make your money. You've got you've got to earn your pipe and slippers, and that's got to be how you do it. <laughs> he said he would, he said he would never turn down a rom com, and it's something he'd be interested in doing. So he's done something like that, but it's not taken away from him doing Bane in Batman. So he's, he's, he can still do anything that he wants. And, yeah, I mean, but you've got to you've got to every now and again do a, do something that you wouldn't think you would or you wouldn't necessarily put them with because you can't you can't just wait for the niche films or or just do low budget if if uh, you want to if you want to make your living out of acting you've got to you've got to do other things that you might not necessarily. Think yeah, I mean, take every opportunity and yeah. also just keep your face in the crowd. Yeah. You know, especially in Hollywood, you can just disappear within a few weeks. Well, that's it. So you've got you've got to keep. You've got to keep up, and you've got to be in <laughs> as many films as you can possibly be in. But then, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's everywhere now. Yeah, everywhere. And he went from from being on uh, Third Rock from the Sun and it being quite quiet <laughs> after that. I used to love that show. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, but, but you think about where he was between that and then like Five Hundred Days of Summer, where and he kind of right. came flo- like now he's in everything. He's in every film going. The thing is, the only, the only, you know, the other side of the coin to that is that, is that if you, if you end up falling into the trap of just producing some sort of slocky films, that mm. that's the reputation you hold for yourself, and you get yeah. typecast uh, in terms of the actors. You know. Yeah. But it's with the studios as well. I mean, you get, a, you can build up a bad reputation of of making poor animation films, and you can. That that's what you, when you have to, like you say, keep your, your revenues up as a, as a big studio. It's almost a shame that. Pixar became as big as they have become because maybe if they hadn't have been as successful, yeah. they could maybe have kept it on a, on a lower key and produced films in their own time, yeah. and maybe produced more original films. It's just a shame that we're maybe seeing the turn where you like you say they're producing a lot of quick sequels. Yeah. Because I'm so uninterested in Finding Nemo two. I'm so yeah. uninterested in a prequel to Monsters Inc. Because to me they are singular films, singular little tales. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but I mean, in terms of Brave, it's not a bad film. It's a really good film. Yeah. It's just the sort of character design and the the the, the plot is very very Disney, but mm. it's it's a Pixar Disney. It's their reimagining of a traditional Disney film, and I I I recommend it. Yeah. I really recommend it. There's an interesting, um, you know, little subplot about the uh, relationship between a daughter and mother that takes central stage over anything else love interest and mm. magic and all that sort of nonsense which is a nice bit of heart to the film yeah um so it's a high recommend there's some good comedy in there with the three little triplet brothers running around stealing pies and food um they're gingers which is always funny for me um <laughs> and billy Connolly plays the dad of the, the kid yeah i'd seen that he was in that as well so. uh, and in a little comic role, um, yeah. So I definitely check Brave out. Um, it's not, it's not a miss, but it's. Um, it, it it would just it would be sad if this was the best we were going to get from Pixar in yeah. for the future. I but that, you know, I, I don't think it, you know. I'm not necessarily think it will be. No, but I, I think that really the the bottom line with that is that it's more what what Pixar have done to their reputation with releasing sequels right. and, and, right. and Cars too, especially. 
um, that it makes people question Brave, where at one point, if there was no Cars 2, exactly. Brave would be a sleeper hit. You'd just go straight in, it would be fine. Yeah. You'd, you'd, everybody would go and see it and never ever think about it. But with Cars 2 and then announcing loads of more sequels, it's like... Is this is this just going to be as good? Have they got put as much information and, and ideas and, and what they want out of it? But it is what it is. Um, yeah, definitely, and it's a recommend. Yeah, from me. Anyway, cool. That's why I've been since. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, I've I've, I've been on holidays. So I've not had a chance to go to the cinema. Ben has been on holiday. That is why there has not been any Pan and Scan podcast that's that, listeners. That's my fault. If they write all complaints to yeah. uh, Ben's. Oh, oh, one thing I flag up, Ben. Shoot. Uh, whilst going to the cinema, trailer, yeah, Dread 3D, Dread 3D, yeah, Dread 3D, the first 3D title film since Piranha 3D, yeah. But that, and we were talking about this before we started the show, and, yeah, because I've been reading about about Dread and I like and I'm oh I like the idea of it. I think I'm it so looks excited. Good. It's um, cyberpunk, British cyberpunk. You can't beat it. It's best in the world, Ben. Best in the world. And it, and it looks really interesting. In the stylistically, it looks good. Um, but the, I don't know. The, I was, I'm still going to go see this. I'm still going to going to go see it. But but the the fact that now they've stuck the 3D moniker on it as well. Yeah. It kind of it's like so is that is that where they're, they're trying to market it now? Is it that it's a it's a 3D film, and that's why you go and see it rather than just being dread. I already also in 3D or human 3D. I was already under the impression that the 3D of today had already had his day and it was fading out. Mm-hmm. But apparently they are really, really trying to push 3D in our faces. I mean, yeah. I don't mind 3D, but it is a gimmick at the end of the day. And and all the new 3D technology is fantastic and brilliant and looks great. But it still um, is just a gimmick and it still doesn't give you as much as it takes away from the film, i.e. the colour. Uh, well, that's it. We, we talked about this as well. It's one where you either have to artificially brighten the film so when you watch it in 3D you get yeah it's it's not as dark as it would be but I say it is like sitting inside watching the, watching your TV with sunglasses on yeah and that's what it's like to me it's like uh, okay you can watch this film in 3D but we're going to take the sound off yeah and and you watched this we talked about Alien as well the, the trailer um, the TV spot that's the 30 second long um, but right at the end it's it's dread in slow motion um, with like windows smashing around him or plate glass smashing around him, and that, that must be that's the 3D money shot. That that's the whole point. It's like yeah, 3D, yeah. and it's like so you're thinking, oh wow, that must look that must look amazing in 3D, and it probably does. But if it turns into one of these another one of these films where the film would be instead of I don't know instead of 90 minutes, it would be 45 minutes long if they just didn't do everything in slow motion. Yeah, it's it's one of those. <laughs> Stretch it out a bit. How, yeah. How much? How much is going to be that? And and it's, to me, it it brings that up. As much as I'm excited about this film, the fact that they're really, really pushing the 3D rather than it being like Tron was in 3D and was made for 3D, but it was marketed as Tron, Tron yeah. Legacy, and then it would say in th- and after it would say in 3D. We well, have the option you can see it in 3D or 2D, uh, 2D and such cinemas, things like that. But yeah. the fact that it is actually titled Tread 3D kind of makes it, it it's it's just it's just another push for 3D come on we've got we've really got to sell 3D now right. so we are going to make this is Dread 3D that's it so I don't know I'm, I'm you know I'm still looking forward to it but you know I think it's a shame that we can't I, I assume we're not going to be able to see it in 2D um, not from not from what I've heard so far I, I imagine 
I don't you can't call a film Dread 3D and see it in 2D. I mean, exactly, exactly. You, you know, think so about the Piranha 3D films, they were, they were exclusively in 3D. 3D as well. And 3D, which we talked about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, yeah, I think it's just another, it's just, it turns into more of a marketing gimmick of an idea of, to push something. They'll, they'll sell it with 3D Blu-ray players, ne- like next Christmas and all that. Yeah. Know? So that's, that's how it's going to go. But I don't know, but I'm, I'm hoping it's good because... The production sounds good. The idea of it being stripped back, the idea of it going just, back to the old school comics, yeah, and doesn't take yeah. his helmet off. Doesn't there's there's nothing cheesy about it. He's he's just out there. It's he, a, it's going to be a you know an in depth, grimy, gritty yeah. cyberpunk. It's an eighteen, film. so yeah. so they're, they're not pulling any punches. So. Which is good because you don't see eighteen films very often no, anymore. No, you really don't. Really don't. They're rare. Um, they're only like sort of you know cheap underground DVD release so, horror movies these days. So they're obviously re- they're obviously investing in it because. They're not going to get. They're not going to get the turnaround that they want. We talked about this. I think when Prometheus. Oh, I said Prometheus. Damn it. No, it's okay. I think we. I think we okay there, didn't we? Yeah, I think we're okay. Oof. We're in the safe zone. It's fine. But I, th- but I think we was like that. That was a fifteen. But it was. A re- they were. Put, they were thinking it might be twelve or something like that. But it ended up not being because they wanted it to have more in it. But this is the same thing. So. Mm. We'll we'll see how we get on. I guess. Yeah. So you know. Let's see what happens with the yeah. Dread then. Dread so 3D. Still Look really looking forward to it. And still yeah, me too. Definitely go see this. So I'll hold my judgment until then. Anyway, Ben, I think we should get on with the, what we were going to do with the show. Oh yeah. We we missed out <laughs> some bits. It's, it's it's been thirty minutes almost. That's right. Well, um, but how many films have I got that on my list? It's I, a big list over it's there. A, it's a big list. Um, I've got. I think I said at the start. I went a bit Blu-ray crazy and bought quite a few Blu-rays at the weekend. And um, and also there's a lot of good a lot of good movies on the TV at the moment. Um, I finally got round to watching The Help. The Help, yeah, good film. It's a brilliant film. So I thought it was really really good. Really impressed with it. I think I see Emma Stone in a lot of things at the moment. I love Emma Stone. And she's brilliant. And that, and that's kind of what inspired my my Six Degrees because, <laughs> because I, Emma Stone Six Degrees off. Emma Stone. And um, yeah, because I kind of I was watching that and thought. Because it was a, a lot more mature role for her. She came from Saturday Night Live in, in America, so that's where she started off. And she's quite comedic. You think about Easy A, you think about Superbad, which is what, which is kind of what brought me around to this because I bought Superbad the other day. Uh, and she's in that Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. I've not seen that. I've seen that. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant film. Moving on, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no, so, yeah. she, her in that role in that film is actually quite funny, but right. the film not so much. But yeah, yeah I think because. It, it had her and I thought this is really good I really like this film and I watched the um, but then I, I tend to do this anyway I'll, I'll be watching a film and I'll be thinking oh that's him from her and, her and from that and you kind of that you was directed people, by this yeah. person and you go through it and it's um, me and my sister used to play the game all the time which you come up with two people and, and how to get to get to each one and also when you think about yeah. it off the top of your head it can take a, it can, it take a while to actually work it out because you get, end up going a really long way Whereas in this one, I kind of, I'd set myself a challenge of going through the films that I'd seen and tying them as closely together as I could. And Beautiful. apart from having to make a couple of sidesteps... Oh, okay. Um, Cheating. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had to double back for oh, one dear. to get someone into it. And I also had to pick a film that I'd not watched recently to, to get it into it. Right, so what's the starting point of this little venture then? Um, well, I, I put it in the order that from the from the first film... I saw on the start of this and this and the last film and the first film I watched um, before I went away and I watched 
um, AI. I've not seen AI in a long time. I I've was, not watched AI in years. And I was talking to someone about it. Um, Steven Spielberg? I was talking to Steven Spielberg about it. <laughs> <laughs> How is he? He's not bad, he's not bad. He's been quite busy at the moment, so he's told me stop to, ring it, to stop ringing him now. So I'm okay. But um, yeah, so I, start, I thought I'd start with AI. Okay, yeah, um, good. And the last film I watched um, was Bronson, which, like I say, is one of my favourite films anyway, but I just bought it on Blu-ray. So, so from AI to Bronson. AI to Bronson. Um, okay, let's do it. This is the, these are the films that I've watched, and you'll know a couple of side steps as well. So we've got AI, yep. Steven Spielberg, uh, big uh, artificial intelligence robots, uh, that kid, actor. Hello, Joel Elfman. That, that guy. He's weird looking now. He is a very strange looking man. Because he doesn't look much different to how he did as a kid. No, he's like a larger child. Yeah, he's got this weird kind of scrunched up face. And um, yeah, some man you met on the beach as well. He's oh yeah, Jude Law. Jude Law. Yeah, yeah, and, you and met Jude Law, haven't you? Ben? I did, I did yeah. meet Jude There's a story there somewhere. <laughs> what episode do they need to refer back to if they want to start that story? I can't remember which episode it was. But yeah, we talked about him and he's got a lo- he had a lovely jumper. It's been ten episodes. He had a lovely jumper. Um, so yeah, did you, do you like, just quickly, do you like AI? I do. I do like AI. I don't know, you know. I, I really like it. it. It's one of those where you watch it back now, and it's it's such a good it's such a good story, and it's a real it, it really it's like tugs at your heartstrings, especially when like his mum Monica has to leave him. In a, it is a very sad story, and it doesn't yeah. end particularly well. Well, no, that that's the problem, and that's. I think it's the ending that bugged me the, the most about the, the film. It's yeah, it's the Spielberg ending, the classic Spielberg ending, where. Um, Everything is resolved. You think you think uh, it's like uh, in this one in particular. I'll assume everybody's seen AI anyway. Oh, the, a whole um, episode is spoilers. There we so go. It's one big spoiler so show. The, but apparently, the the way that the, the the book that it's based on ends is, um, you know, when he's underwater and he's trapped in the ice, and he thinks he's seeing the blue fairy, and he's, and he's sleeps, and he thought, and he just just like close, shuts down, and he's staring at it. That's where it ends yeah. in, in the book. But obviously, in the film. Aliens find him, which is another Spielberg trait. Aliens find him. I think it was aliens find him, and the look of the aliens look really yeah. weird. And aliens stupid. find him. They bring him back, and then they say, "Oh, what would you like? Oh, we can bring. Can you bring back my mum? Yeah, yeah, but only for one day. And they have one great day together, and they fall asleep, and then that's it. And it's a nice ending because he gets what he wanted throughout the entire thing. He doesn't get to be a real boy, but he gets to spend one more day with his mum, and that's a really lovely, lovely ending. But it's a complete cop out. Yeah. Uh, it is. To it me, is. A, yeah. A, a, a strong resonating ending would have been to 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 end it where it was, where the reality is he is a robot and he isn't going to be a real boy, and he can win. He, but he can. He's shut down, wishing and believing, and it's a kind of a bittersweet kind of ending. But Spielberg being Spielberg, you can't have that. See, I'd have done like a Paul W. Anderson thing where you slowly pull him back of the shutdown robot kneeling in front of the statue, pull him back, pull him back, and crash him straight into his chest, and an alien pops up. Nice. Oh my god! And then, you know, AI2 <laughs> comes along, and, you know, and there we go. Yeah, you could say do that. Okay, yeah, I like that. We'll, we'll, change, we'll change the ending to that. But yeah, but it's a it's classic Spielberg kind of ending. It is, that. yeah. It, um, well, it's, it's the same as the, the worst ending to his film is. One of the worst ending for a film is, is uh, War of the Worlds for a Spielberg film. I love that movie. Oh, I can't stand it. I hate. I, I like parts of it, but I hate that kid. His son. The teenager. Oh, the teenage son. Yeah, he comes back. I, w- Robbie, I have to see. Robbie. I have to yeah, see, Dad. I would have killed him. 
Uh, uh, (laughs) I couldn't couldn't deal with it. It was, and the fact that they're all alive at the end. Come on, no, they're not. Ben, Ben, six degrees. Okay, yeah. So, so AI. So yeah. So I've seen AI. So um, I thought, how can I get so? So also, I'd seen uh, Sherlock Holmes. So Uh, I got two in both. So that was right. Yeah. So it's the new Sherlock Holmes film. It's the Game of Shadows film. Okay. Which I really, which again, I really, really liked. I thought it was a, it was good. I really liked the first Sherlock Holmes. It's just a bit, it's it's just a, a, a quite a fun film. I kind of I like Robert Downey Jr. I think he's good. And this one was the same kind of thing. It was um, a very similar story. It's got Moriarty in it. Um, it's quite smart in places. You know the bits that you. It, it's the same kind of with films. The more, similar formula though. You yeah, see it come in. There's yeah. not a huge amount of difference in that, but it's one of those where you d- you don't you're not expecting. A huge amount from it, apart from it just being a fun action type film, and it does and it, and it is interesting. It is good, and it's got some good bits in it. So yeah, so so I enjoyed that. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's fine. So, um, Eddie Marson is Eddie Marson is in um, the new Sherlock Holmes film. Um, yes. he plays Lestrade. He does. And, yes, um, he was, uh, and he was in. Is Hank- he in the Shane Ritchie film? Y- yes. Mm. Carry on, sorry. He plays. <laughs> so um, so yeah. I thought so. I need to get from him now. So I'm thinking. I picked a and the I thought. So because what I what I want to get to now is I want to get to the change up, which um, is another film I've seen recently. It's another body swap kind of thing. Um, oh, the change up. Reynolds in it, and it's got Jason Bateman in it. Yes, I know the and, film. And um, Jason Bateman and uh, Eddie Marson are both in Hancock. With um, with Will Smith. Yes, they are. So you seen can, that. So you can tie those two together with that. So I've I've bridged the gap. Okay. Which is, but I say I've had to cheat. I haven't watched Hancock recently, but that's the way I get across. Yeah. So I went from that. So yeah, right. I watched the change up, and that's a, it's a it's a it's a fun body swap kind of film. Yeah, it's, you know. It's a, again, it's not nothing one, new. You're not going to expect anything from it. You know what's going to happen. You know you know where it's going from. Think about Freaky Friday. You think of all that kind of stuff, which which Sonia, my wife, she loves. Freaky which Freaky Friday. Friday, the original, the remake, the remake with uh, what's her face in it? Yeah, um, it's okay. Can use it. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. Han. Lindsay Lohan and um, the infamous, if not famous, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, she's um, a scary person. And uh, so yeah, but she loves that. Lee film. Curtis. Uh, Jamie Lee. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. We should do an eight, a dedication eighties Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. show. I'll do it just so I can watch Trading Places. Brilliant. Wow. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> disappeared off there. Wow. But um, yeah. So so I'd say Hancock. That's that's. My, I've had to cheat. I've, had to, I've not watched Hancock well, recently. I, I do. I that. do. I do own Hancock. So we've seen. We've both seen it. So, yeah. So, yeah, so I went from that. So so we've got J, Jason Bateman. So how do I? So so the next thing. What else can we watch? What else? Um, Jason Bateman. What has Jason Bateman been in? So I thought Jason Bateman has been in Paul. Which was directed by Greg Mot- Greg Mottler. Um, right, again, Paul's, okay. Paul's a good film. Um, I'm going to see that cinema. It's got um, Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost in it. Uh, yeah, Jason Bateman. He's the um, he's the guy who um, is like the bad guy FBI guy, but it turns out to be a good guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then he's yes, right. Yeah. So um, so we got him in there. So um, oh, and to go off, and I've got I've got a, if I, maybe this should be more of a tree because they, I, this is where I went back so we were talking it, about it, Dread 3D it does feel like a tree and um, obviously he was in that he was in Paul with Simon Pegg um, yes Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright 
um, were asked to rewrite some dialogue for Doom, which again I watched the other day for no real reason other than I'd seen the box in the loft. They and thought, rewrote oh, the dialogue for Doom. They were going to rewrite the dialogue. And um, it didn't happen. They'd been asked to do it and um, they turned it down because it wasn't very good. Yeah, they, that was a good so, move on uh, that part. So yeah, so so I thought that was quite cool. So Interesting. I so there you go. Uh, bit well, I'm learning. I'm learning. Yes. Um, of course, that's got Carl Urban in it. Yeah, who, Carl Urban. Okay. Is Dread in Dread 3D? Okay. So yeah. So um. So yeah, but but going back, Simon Pegg was in Paul, which God, was directed by Greg Mottola. I'm getting lost. Um, Greg Mottola directed Superbad, which I said earlier. I watched. Yes, uh, Superbad. I've seen that. Um, that's got Emma Stone in it. It does have Emma, it Stone, does have in Emma Stone in it. Right. Um, Emma Stone was in The Help. She was. Which was um, Bryce Dallas Howard was in was in um, The Help. She was um, what's her name? Uh, Hilly Holbrook, the the, the quite the, the nasty the, woman. The, the nasty yeah. woman. She was in that. Very attractive. She, oh yeah, she really is. Young she really woman. is. Um, but they're both Emma Stone and, uh, and and Bryce Dallas Howard have both played um, Gwen Stacy in the in Spider Man films. That's right. Yeah, they both played Gwen Stacy. They have both played Gwen. Stacy. You're liking this now. This is good. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's just yeah, getting. So they both played Gwen Stacy in the Spider-Man films. Wow. So uh, we had James Franco playing Harry Osborn. That's in, so weird in, that they both played Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I'm just. I'm still getting. I'm just still working through that. In my head. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you get. Oh, we'll we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, so yeah. So we've got James Franco, um, played Harry Osborn. Um, this is fun. Uh, in, in, in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films, yes. um, his brother, Dave Franco, uh, right. this is where I had to skip back a bit, um, he played a soccer player in Superbad, who does have, he does have a couple of lines, he's really pissed out of him for, for wetting himself like eight years ago. That's he's obscure, also, but yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's in that. Um, so again, I'm back to Superbad, so I'll, so, so Mo- I've went way back, so right. back to Greg Mottola now, he's directed several episodes of, there's a new HBO drama called The Newsroom. Which has got uh, Jeff Daniels in it. I've heard about that. Um, I've seen the trailers for it. I've got loads of it on my Skybox to watch because it looks really interesting. Um, but all along with Jeff Daniels in that is Emily Mortimer. Okay. Who was uh, who plays um, a police inspector um, in Harry Brown, which I bought the other day. Harry Brown, yeah, the British so, film. So we're now about, so we're now to Harry Brown, and um, Michael Caine is in Harry Brown. He is indeed starring yeah. role. And um, he's also in the Dark Knight Rises and the, the Dark Knight films. But he's in the Dark Knight Rises uh, yeah. with Tom Hardy, who played Bane. And Tom Hardy is in uh, in Bronson, where he plays Charles Bronson, the uh, UK's most violent prisoner. Ooh, done. Now, wow. How do you like that? Now, that like, was a now, trip and a half. So that's it. But but I found some really interesting stuff as I went through. Yeah, right? you find some bits on that. because you can't because it's a real good game and and. Uh, and it's 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 good to watch that and think oh I've seen that person I like that person that's really good they do the music for that and you can you can you can try it with just actors you can try it with the directors you can try it with anybody you want but the more you go through it the more you you realise there are more people from different things and and it's yeah it just weaves a web doesn't it so. that's it because you can get you can get to dread 3D from um, from AI um, William Hurt plays Professor Hobby. Um, in AI, and that was uh, he was in a film that was directed by the guy who directed Dread 3D. That's a very quick jump, though. So yeah, not so four minutes. It gets, you, it gets you across, but but it's you can tie so many different people from a film you've watched. So so I think this is going to be something I'll do a bit more often. I'll um, I'll try and find a 
a crazy way of getting through. Uh, just by sitting here, I found out there's more ways of getting to him from the Muppets, which I love the Muppets. Through but, the Muppets uh, through the years, or the Muppets movie recently? Oh, the, the most recent Muppet movie. Just it's the got, one movie? It's got Alan Arkin in it, who was the who plays the dad in the change-up. So you could also move around. and. So, I think it's always best to pick what two things at either end of the spectrum that are just completely different, yeah. as, as different as possible, you know. Yeah. And you can do that with you can do that with actors. You can do that with characters. You can do that with you can do that with just movies in general. You can just pick two films and find a way around it. Best way is to pick two, like say, two completely different films. Pick a kids' film. Pick a horror film. How do you get from a kids' film to a horror film? And yeah, something like that. And and there'll be a way of doing it. So so I think I think that's something we should try. I think something where we'll either we can either ask the listeners to submit some stuff or we can kick stuff off by we we'll just pick we we'll just pick two films and. Next week or week after, when we're when ready to do it, when we're back, we'll have figured out another way of getting to it. I, I, I like the two bits I like about that is the, the rewriting dialogue for Doom. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's quite interesting. And the Gwen Stays thing, I can't get over. Yeah, no, no how cool is that? It, that? That one blew me away. Because it really she, did. She was in. There was the original Sam Raimi, the third film. Yeah. There was a small bit part of Gwen Stacy. And That's then right. obviously in the remake, The Amazing Spider-Man. It's all about Gwen Stacy. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they knew that when they were talking together on the set of The Help, which is a good film. I've read the book. Yeah. And I've also watched the film. Very good. Yeah. A brilliant, really, really brilliant film. It's, it's one where I'd, I'd, I'd meant to, I've meant to watch it, but it was it's finding the right kind of time to watch that kind of film. Yeah, definitely. You know, um as with, as with most films that are like Oscar worthy films, they they all come with a stigma of you know you need to sit and watch it and give it your time. And to be honest, I've not really found the time. But made I've made sure I found the time. So me and Son watched it the other night, and I think it's a good film to watch with your uh, respective partner. Yeah, and Son loved it. She was it was one of those where she, I think she was she wasn't really pl- planned on watching it all, but then she couldn't put it down when she when she watched it. So. Yeah, it's brilliant. Really, really good film. It's a film about um, black um, maids and their yeah. role in raising white children in the South. In That's it, and it's a really 60s. hard... It's, 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 it's not as hard a watch as I kind of thought it was going to be. Um, I think with those kind of films, especially when you're talking about um, minorities and you're talking about the kind of um, oppression that these people were under, it makes you kind of... It, it, you, you, again, you know you have to be in the right kind of mood to watch it because you don't know what you signed up for. You don't know what, right. because you know the kind of abuse that these people got. I say you it's don't much know more. going to show you that. It's it's much more on an emotional level than it is a mm. sort of dramatic, in your face sort of. There's there's no real shocking moments. No. It's it's not that heavy a film. It's not something you need to sort of shower after after watching yeah. um you know, you know it's it's just an enjoyable drama with a point and a bit of depth in it i think it's definitely one of the most serious roles that emma stone has ever done because yeah. she's usually like you say doing <clears throat> drama comedies or whatever and uh, and i think she's brilliant I, re- I really like emma stone and she plays a really good character in this it's something that's out of a comfort zone something where she's so used to doing comedic type roles and then to do something like this where she's where it's serious um, yeah and it's got it's not something you can play for comedy it's you've got to you've got to take it as it is and it's and it's brilliant a really interesting film and some great performances by a lot of different people and yeah. um, Viola Davis she did a great yeah. uh, performance as Abilene who's the main she black did, maid yeah. uh, uh, Octavia Spencer was Minnie 
and Minnie was brilliant. She's a great character. I love her eyes. She's brilliant, yeah. There's something about when... Brilliant name is that, Octavia. Octavia? Dr. Octopus? Oh, yeah. I've just... No. Just thrown it Maybe out. Maybe not. There. Okay. <laughs> but, Bri- uh, but Bryce Dallas Howard, I thought was brilliant. She played... She's a real... She plays an... She's, she's a nasty character. She's, she's got na- evil eyes. She's a nasty person, but... Like a doll's the, the eyes. The kind of crazy thing is, is, is she plays it in such a way where... You you believe that that character that that's how she actually feels how that she does feel that um, a, a black maid is a second class citizen yeah that the um, there's quite a big part about them having a separate toilet because they because the black people have diseases but the bit that never makes any sense is that they're happy for them to raise their kids but won't even let them use the same toilet as them. Yeah, and it's it's a weird one to watch. But, but like she I say, was also in Terminator Salvation, as well, and she was she the, was, uh, yeah. um, the bride of <laughs> the bride of um, John Connor. John Connor. Yeah, like the bride of Frankenstein. What's so, her name? I can't remember the character's name now. Bride, uh, the wife of. So because in oh well, in the Terminator Four, it was Catherine Brewster, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But was it still Catherine Brewster in that? I can't remember. Oh, she was. Well, she's Kate Connor, so I suppose it is the same. But, um, Apparently, she's in the Twilight Saga, but I've never watched the Twilight films. Uh, no, Son has. Son's a Son's a big fan, but I think for me, with Twilight Saga, it's it's more the stigma of it of, of what it is. That kind of what rubbish. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> kind of drives you away from it, you know. It's, it's <laughs> one of these where where I could where out of respect out of respect for the film, if you can say you have respect for the film, out of respect for the film, that's why I won't watch it and can't watch it because. There's so much of a stigma with it. I don't think, even if it was a good film, I'd let myself enjoy it. Fair enough, Ben. So that's that's my <laughs> that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. And the books are awful as well. Absolute trite. Yeah. Um, but there you go. So that's our is that our end of our little six degrees? Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think like I say, we could go into they're all a lot of the films are films that have either been out for a while or or out on Blu-ray. So they're all films that you can go and pick up. But it's. Um, they're all they're all good films, all interesting. Apart from Doom, which I wouldn't really recommend. No, I can I can't even remember it. I can remember yeah. the first person crappy perspectives that which tried was, to make it look like yeah. a game, and that sort of flipped from the you know the the average, uh, you know third camera. But yeah. I, I I remember nothing about it to be honest. No, but the, the help highly rec- highly recommend. Super bad. So it's funny. It's brilliant. I love I love Seth Rogen. I think he's a I think he's brilliant. He's, uh, back and forth with Seth. Uh, Seth Rogen. Um, I I love. I love the films and I love the, his writing because there's a one that he wrote. He has a very um, thick neck, I notice. <laughs> maybe he does. Yeah. But I, I no, he does. He does. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, okay, that's not a maybe he does. He does. Yeah, you're right, John. That thick neck of his. Um, so, yeah, I really like him. I think he's really good. I really like his writing. I really like what he can be and what, what kind of character he plays. He still always plays a similar kind of character and he, I just like him. So, super bad if you've not seen that. Yeah, yeah. Go and watch it. Um, Bronson. Good film. It's uh, it's that's quite a hard watch. Great film. Great. Uh, yeah. It's quite, it's quite gritty. It is about a person in 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 prison for his entire life, and he's a weird, weird kind of character. So social path. Um, Harry Brown. It's uh, it's a, it's a good film. It's one that I've heard about. Uh, I'd heard about before, but um, it's it's gritty. Um, but I don't think it. I don't think it lives up to the to the hype that I'd heard about it. It's it's a good film, but. It's quite a loose kind of story of a it's vigilante kind of esque. It's it's kind of it's kind of a British it's, like it's kind of a British Gran Torino. Pensioner fights back. Yeah, I think if, I think if if we had if we had a it's, it, like I say it's a bit like Gran Torino in the fact that it was it was it's a similar kind of 
guy standing up for, for around his house and wants to sort sort things out and whatever. But I don't know if I ever fully buy that Michael Caine could do this to to these hoodies. Michael Caine. I know. I, yeah, I know. And I know he's a brilliant character guy, and I know that he has actually got the military background in real life compared mm. to just where. But um, he does. But yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one, and and the fact that he turns because of his his, his friend is killed is it's, I don't know is it's 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 a stretch to get there, but it's a it's a it's a well acted film. It's got um, uh, Ben Drew, who is Plan B, um, the famous Plan B. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, he he's um, he acts in it, and he plays a really nasty bastard. Really, really, <laughs> Fair enough. really, really well. Um, but he plays that. Um, so Harry Brown, it's it's worth a watch, but it's not one. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't watch it with family members. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I bought it about four or five months ago on Blu-ray. I bought, yeah. bought a copy of it, and I have yet to uh, yet to dig it out and, and watch it. But I think I will. But yes, yeah, it's, it's worth a watch. But like I say, it's it's one where it's it's a hard watch. So it's not it's not a it's not a sit down and eat your tea watching it kind of thing. It might be one that you might want to watch first before you think about talking to other people about getting other people to watch it because it's quite a quite a hard watch um but it has got um um the guy who plays Fifield from um Prometheus that's three times I've mentioned Prometheus now. Um, well Ben and, uh, and, and he's he's a, a really weird character have you pre-ordered your Prometheus I have yet Blu-ray yep Amazon Blu-ray. yep good right. lad so yeah me pre-ordered. too oh dear so yeah so I'll see what if hey, I ben. remember it Ben commentary yeah, we'll do a commentary, commentary episode. Yeah. We'll do a commentary. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the new Sherlock Holmes film definitely worth a watch if you've seen the original Sherlock. Yeah, Holmes. yeah, it was a fine film. Uh, okay. AI came out quite a long time ago. So I think it's about ten years old now. So up and down. It's probably one of How those. How do the effects hold up though? Good, amazing. Yeah, they are pretty. Amazing I remember effects. them being they were, pretty impressive. They're brilliant at the time, but they, and they still have, still still stay up. So I think it's a rewatch. I think it's one where. With the things that that we you watch more now, I think it's one where you can probably appreciate it more if you think about what it watch it for what it is, um, and if you stop it when he goes underwater, I think you probably get away with it. When he shuts down, end yeah. of the, it's um, um, is it Halley or Haley Joel Osmond? I think it's Halley. Halley Joel Osmond. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's fine. Um, then there's Doom, which I isn't really recommend, and then there's the Change Up. It's it's a fairly fun. Um, body swap thing. You body know, swap. You know what you're letting yourself in for. You yeah. know that they're going to both mess each other's lives up. Oh my god! And then try and sort things out, and you know they're all going to sort it out at the end. And it's one of those where it's yeah. it's it's okay to have in the background. It's all right if you're not really paying attention. If you just want a, a dumb film. If one of not, them's a high rolling, money spending, womanizing flyer. The other one's a family man with children. <laughs> hey, hilarity ensues. That kind of thing. That's, the, that that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, down to exactly the same thing. One is spending loads of money with women. Yeah. Are you reading that off the... No! <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what it is. Did yeah, you like so. the little voice there as well? It was really good, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, so so some good some good films out there. So, And like I say, they're, they're actually going pretty cheap. I've been and bought them from a local supermarket. All well. cheap films. Yeah, and they're dumb bins. Yeah, two, two for a tenner at the moment, so I spent £35. There's nothing that gets me more excited, Ben, and ladies and gents out than a cheap DVD dump bin. Yeah. Nothing so, gets yeah. me more excited. <laughs> Zombie party. Now, that would be interesting. Yeah. And speaking of that, Ben, that made a good segue, my friend, into this week's blood bag, I'm afraid. Oh, blood bag, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. 
to the blood bag. <laughs> Here we are. Hey, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start adding sort of dripping noises and stuff yeah. in the background just to add to the atmosphere. I mean, I'm just glad that the ladies and gentlemen at home can't see what we're seeing right now. Oh. Good lord. Uh, anyway, for your for your viewing and listening pleasure, then I have two films in this week's blood bag. Okay. One of them I own on DVD. It's here. There you go. That's proof if proof you need it. I was in our local HMV as okay. I am wont to do on the. On an afternoon, and I um, looked in the the upcoming sort of you know uh, what do you call it the latest releases. Oh yeah, you looked in the latest releases. I looked in the latest releases. Yeah, and um, you know you have all the latest DVDs released, and that's why it's called latest releases. And I saw Night of the Living Dead repackaged in a nice little Blu-ray case, reanimation. Ooh. Night of the Living Dead reanimation in widescreen, three D. And the really exciting Indeed. part about that, Ben, is it includes two pairs of 3D glasses. Mmm. Mmm. And, and I thought, I knew nothing about this, and I just sort of thought, it's got Jeffrey Coombs in. Yeah. From Reanimator fame, and uh, the Frighteners fame. We all know him. If you're a horror fan, you should know Jeffrey Coombs. I thought Jeffrey Coombs in a modern 3D remake of Night of the Living Dead. That sounds like a load of fun. It does sound like So I bought it, and I thought, you know, the 3D glasses, they're the standard old-school 3D, the, the, the old blue and reds. And um, I thought, you know, it would be fun anyway. Put it on. Uh, the 3D hurt my eyes after the first minute of viewing, so I turned that off and watched it in 2D. The widescreen is, you know, fine. It's, it's widescreen. <laughs> and Night of the Living Dead, in name only, apparently it's a prequel to the 2006 cult hit. Ooh. And from what I remember of the 2006 remake of Night of the Living Dead is that it's a load of trash and that nobody liked it and it was awful. And this is a prequel to that awful film. And this film is absolutely abominably bad. Wow. Because this one's in 3D, right? And yeah, I'm... You can watch it in 2D and 3D. The 3D okay. obviously just gives you two overlays of, of red, mm. and, red and blue. And you yeah. obviously put, you know... It gives you a tiny bit of depth if, again, you don't care about watching it in any coherence or visual style. Right. Because it's all crappy coloured and mush, as the old 3D was. Yeah. Um, it's about a guy who owns a mortuary, um, you know, eating tombs bodies and you know, all that good stuff on slabs, puts them in tombs, buries them. He will not, he will not burn the bodies. He will not incinerate. He's got a big thing against the uh, incineration of bodies. Because okay. it's what his dad would have wanted. His dad left him the business. And it, we open up. He's trying to take over from his dad's mantle. And, you know, he's having to flatly refuse people, um, you know, cremations. Right. Uh, so we wonder why. And he warns his employees to not go in the crematorium at all. Don't go in the crematorium. Huge room. Massive room. I've never seen a crematorium so big then. <laughs> I've never even seen a crematorium. Are they big? I, I just assume no. they're not as big as they are in this movie. Okay, we'll say no. It's bigger than the house we're in now. Big wow. room. And he chains it up with a chain, which is, of course, foolproof. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and it's where he houses loads of corpses and videotapes them. Now, you think, why is a man video you know, videoing a load of dead corpses in a, in a crematorium locked yeah. in there. Well, it turns out they're zombies, Ben. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, and they spend a lot of time on the bat, not moving at all. Apparently, these zombies don't move very fast at all. They're not shambling zombies. They're more, literally, they move an inch every hour. 
which is impressive. Mm. Um, Jeffrey Coombs comes along, and he's the brother, long lost brother, and he's come to claim some money from all this because these, this, the main sons inherited the whole house and the whole business, and he's got you know money, and Jeffrey Coombs has got debts to pay off okay. to some very shady characters. He also, at the beginning of the film, employs a new staff member. Uh, who's sort of uh, university edu educated, so she knows all about all you know autopsying the bodies and blah, blah blah blah. And there's loads of jokes about like how she knows more about it than they do, even though she's just newly employed. And oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but she's supposed to be this well educated person, um, already working there as a young woman who you know sorts the bodies out. I don't know what you call it. Um, she's a goth girl, she's also a necrophiliac and likes to have sex with the, the corpses. Okay, so that's a plus. She's not educated as well in the university, evidently. Um, uh, and then there's her boyfriend, who's the janitor, and he's like a goth guy who's just cool and chilled out. And he doesn't lock doors when he should be locking doors, especially when zombies escape. Um, and there's also a huge fat uh, receptionist who's quite amusing because she's quite fat. Um, there's a scene she, they get. She gets the the, the 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 new arrival, the new woman. She starts work first day, and at the end of the day, she decides to get stoned with the other two goth people. Um, and she sits there and she has hallucinogen, hallucinogenic sort of visions on the floor of the goth girl riding a corpse in stirrups. Cool. Uh, the dead come back to life. The door isn't locked. They escape. There's biting and gnawing. There's a bit of a twist ending, but it's not much of a twist at all. You can see it coming a mile off. Everybody dies apart from two characters. But is one of the characters really alive all along, Ben? Ooh. That that's 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 Night of the Living Dead reanimation 3D on DVD eight pounds don't buy it. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> sounds brilliant. Now my other film, I was looking for this movie. For, I've been looking for it for the last couple of weeks because I saw it at HMV for like uh, a, a week, and then it, I went to get it the next week, and it wasn't there anymore. Mm. Um, the, yeah, the, yeah. the Asylum tapes, which is essentially uh, a fan footage film. Six film students decide to make a film, being all adventurous and, and controversial by filming in an abandoned asylum and going ghost hunting, and that's going to be their final project for the year, and oh my god, and obviously they all get killed. As you do. It, it's the same old shit, but I, mm. you know, I love that kind of ghost stuff. I always think in terms of the ghost genre or the haunted genre, yeah. found took footage can really work, because obviously it just brings a, a whole, uh, you know, a great realism to, obviously there's something that's quite odd concept like ghosts and things moving and blah blah, yeah. blah. so it's creepy you know like Blair Witch etc Wreck Wreck was a good film oh yeah and, and you know but it's one of those films that because anybody can do these films it it it, 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 it the genre mm. but you can still find some real gems and I thought this looked really good because I've seen the trailer and seen clips of it and, and whatnot. and I couldn't find it but then I found another film The Paranormal Incident ooh yeah like that mm. other film Paranormal something or other activity. activity that's what I mean. Yeah, we're on Paranormal Activity 4 now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. It's coming out soon. I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. But this is Paranormal Incident. This is the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Night of the Living Dead reanimation was a bad £8, don't buy it. Yeah. And this is, a, this is the worst film you've ever seen. This is the worst film I've ever seen this year. Okay. It, it, I haven't seen a worse film yet. Right. We're, still, we're about halfway through the year now, aren't we? We're in yeah. August, so we're okay. But there might be... The, buy, buy Night of the Living Dead over this. Definitely. Because that was funny. There was some necrophilic scenes in there. And it's in 3D. So yeah. that, that adds that to that. Which is nice. There's some good gore effects in that film. This film is awful. Acting? Awful. 
Plot, inconsistent. Bad. Awful. Um, it switches between... A, a, a group of kids decide to go into this, this asylum. It's exactly the same story as the previous film I just mentioned that I couldn't find. It's exactly the same. Six students, they go in, they're film students, they're their last project of the year. They're going to make it in this asylum. They're going to film ghosts, and it's going to be well mad and crazy. Freaky. Um, one of the guys leaves before they enter the house, and the idea is they get locked in the place overnight to add to the scariness factor. And the, the one guy locks them in, the, the other student, and he's the surviving student, and it opens up with a... With a uh, the kid is being interviewed because he's the last survivor by the police and they're showing this footage back at him in hospital as he's recovering. So it, it flashes between non-fan non, uh, footage, you know, everyday kind of filming, and then found the actual tapes that they found. And those scenes where he's trying to pretend like he's upset and he's survived and he's watching his friends be killed and the, uh, the police woman interviewing him is God awful. God awful. Lighting is terrible. It's overwashed, bright. The set looks like something that they just whacked together in an afternoon. You know, like three walls yeah. and just painted them and cut a, cut a hole for a window and flashed a light through. Awful. God awful acting. Terrible. You get, to the, you get to the fan footage. It looks like fan footage. And even if the actors are bad, it kind of mm. adds to the realism that they're not actors. Yeah. That's the that's the brilliant thing about doing a kind of fan footage movie. That's why mm. I'd make one if I was going to make a film. Not that I am doing. Uh, <laughs> but um, so so they're all awful. But it kind of doesn't matter as much. Yeah. You, you you can get away with it. And obviously, night falls. They're all filming. They're trying to film the project. Like, hi, I'm such and such, and uh, we're here in this uh, asylum here for tonight, and we've locked ourselves in, and rah, and this is crazy, and bloody blah. But then all things start to go awry, Ben. But, yeah, it's true. But <laughs> within the camera work is as crazy as you like. It flashes all over the place. It's aimed at the floor. It's all the horribleness and negativity you can ever think about when you think about found footage films. What yeah. you don't want to see in a found footage film is this stuff. It's all over the place. When, there's action, when, when, the, when the dramatic sequences occur and the ghosts pop up, the cameras are flashing all over the place. You can't look at anything for more than a second. Yeah. You can't see anything. The ghost makeup and the ghost people are cliched to all hell. To all hell. There's a man in a black suit who's tall and bald. There's a woman who has blood on her face just splattered and uh, is in like a nightgown. Um, there's found, they find footage... They find a projector in one room that shows them interviewing uh, patients back in, like, you know, the early turn of the 19th century. So it's old footage, old celluloid or whatever you want to call it. And it doesn't look like that. It looks like something you did in pro cut. Just, you know, you put old film grain over the top yeah. of your footage and it just looks that bad. The people in that footage are speaking full on modern American. So it doesn't even work on that scale. Yeah. It's awful it does not look like found it doesn't look like celluloid fan footage at all in any stretch of the imagination there's one scene where one of the girls gets like dragged away by the uh, ghost but she's got a found she's got a handheld camera she's being dragged away but you don't see that footage you see the footage of somebody filming her being dragged away found footage style but who's holding the camera then okay yeah it doesn't make any sense this, she shouldn't we shouldn't be seeing her being dragged away yeah it's that kind of it's so lazily and cheaply done it's awful that said girl, it flashes up every now and again, the, the footage of her being tortured. But why that footage is being shown to us when that, 
when this has found tapes that the that the inter- that's being ha- that is being viewed in the interview yeah. by the surviving boy and the, and the police officer, why is that in there? Why are the flashes in there? It doesn't make any sense. No. It's lazily done. It it's it's terrible. It's a bad movie. The ending doesn't make any sense either because it's a big twist. Right. As it turns out, it's not a police interview. It's you know what? I'm going to spoil the film. Spoiler alert. It doesn't matter because this film's <laughs> awful. It turns out he's not being interviewed by the, by the police. She gets all the inter- information out of him right at the end. Yeah. What happened? What happened? You know, what happened at the end? Uh, oh, well, this happened at the end. Okay, thank you. She sends two guys in to euthanize him. So he gets so they inject into his into his like bloodline, and he, he's dead now. And then they p- peel back the walls, and it's a big government operation. F- to reveal what? God knows. <laughs> to to test something? God knows. With a go- with a ghost set up by the government, was it all set up by the government? It, it, there's nothing to to point it out one way or the other. It was either a ghost, real ghost, or a big government operation. If it was a big government operation, the film doesn't make any sense narratively because there's yeah. nothing to point towards that. The reveal is just, oh yeah, okay, we'll make it that it's a government conspiracy. Or and if it's real ghost, it's the worst ghost effects I've ever seen. It would have to be man-made footage in order yeah. for it to work, and it doesn't work as a narrative. Beautiful. So, so it's well worth watching then. Well, no, it's not okay. even that good. It's not even that bad. It's good. It's just very bad. Night of the Living Dead remake reanimation. Yeah. Maybe if after a few beers, few mates, three D glasses, you could do it. It's a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I could see that happening. You know, and eight pounds. You know, whatever. It might. It might only be in a dump bin in a, in a couple of weeks' time for yeah. for maybe two pounds. So you, <laughs> you, you you're laughing on that one. But I mean, paranormal incident. Stay away. Don't even buy it. Don't download it illegally. Okay. And that's this week's blood bag, Ben. That was good. Like Thanks. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I like it when you get animated. Well. I, I think I should start bringing maybe some more positive films into the blood bag. So there are some good horror movies out there. Yeah. But I will find I will find um, the uh, Asylum tapes. Yeah. And I'll bring that in. I'm sure that's going to be. It's the same concept, but I think it's going to be done <laughs> a lot better. It can be done. It cool. can be done. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, Ben. I think we're good. Nice. Episode ten, Panascan Podcast. Yeah. Um, last couple of things I know we're, going, we're planning on going to see uh, a film later we are we're going to go out to see the films we're going to go see uh, the new Total Recall film <sighs> yeah which um, we, it's one of those where now we've got, it's one where we have to go and see it we ha- we've, we're forced into it aren't we yeah. we've got no choice it's, uh, we're doing it for you guys we are doing it for the listeners we're doing yeah. it for our own curi- sick putrid puerile curiosity yeah, but also for you, the listeners. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go and watch that later, and um, in episode eleven, we'll uh, we'll have a bit of a comparison, I think, um, between the new Total Recall and uh, the old, really, really good Total Recall. I think Not that's that I'm be- saying this one isn't going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good call, Ben. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll get on with that. And Total also, Recall. Total Recall. But also, I tell you what, I saw a trailer for a for a really cool film. On film, it's a really um, cool film. On film, a film on film. It's it's called Side by Side. It's just out. It's out in America in, in really limited release, as in like it's it's won a load of awards, Tribeca Films uh, awards, and it's now um, it's on for like a couple of days in different cinemas in America. Okay, and um, it's out, actually out on iTunes, but only in America. It's not got any release over here yet. Um, and it's Keanu Reeves um, going around talking to 
loads of big directors about the ch about the change between um, about them stopping using um, physical film and moving on to um, digital. Digital. Yeah. Um, really interesting. Yeah. So um, on the on the poster for it, it says James Cameron, David Fincher, David Lynch, Robert Rodriguez, Martin Scorsese, the um, wow. Steven Soderbergh. These are all people that he goes and meets. Um, George Lucas is in it. He's in the trailer. Um, uh, George Lucas. Brilliant. I think I posted the trailer up on our on our Facebook, so it's definitely worth oh, nice. it, worth a look. Um, I've I've yet to see this, so I'll, I think I'll be going on our Facebook. Yeah, but uh, Danny Boyle's in it, and I say James Cameron's in there. Um, so and there's going to be there's loads and loads of, uh, of, of directors and and, um, and actors um, talking about about how the how the change between film and digital and what and why they choose no longer to use film and why digital is the way forward and what they do with it. So. So yeah, it's going to be an, it's a an, an really interesting looking film. I heard an interview with um, Steven Spielberg on that subject, with uh, uh, interviewing him for the Tintin, and they were asking him. Obviously, he's gone in a lot into the digital realm, especially with Tintin. Yeah. Uh, are you going to go back to film? And he said, Yeah, probably. And, he, and then he was asked why. He said, Because a lot of the people I know that are, um, you know, that are experts in that field are my friends, and we want to keep that sort of industry and that kind of yeah. business, that side of the business going. You know, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that would be a really interesting documentary to watch, actually. Yeah. Be, yeah, I might check that out. It's only available on iTunes to... In, in, but in America, it's not even out. Ah, uh, we can't you get can't it. can't even get it. I, I, ah. did, I did send a tweet um, to the side-by-side, -side, um, uh, the, uh, well, the Twitter account for the side-by-side -side movie, asking about a release. Cause I, I, but you're not going to get... This film isn't going to come out in a, in a big cinema. This is going to be like... If we, if Indeed, we get it over, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be somewhere like the quad. Independent so, release, um, yeah. So I think it's going to be something where um, it might be worth us um, sending something across and, and talking to the quad and seeing if they've got if they could get it over because I'm I was going to sure say it's going to be it's, it's, it'd be a good film for 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 that kind of thing to show. I, I, think. I think anybody else should just be keeping an eye on the small cinema venues just yeah. for this film if that interests them. And but that's not... it. If 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 film interests you, if if the kind of if you like. If you if you like to know what's going off behind the scenes, why the people do what they do, why they film what they do, this is going to be the film to watch, and it looks so interesting. And you can and you can you can count on your on your bottom dollar, ladies and gents, that me and Ben are going to be there at the quad when it comes out. There. Oh yeah, can't wait. We'll is, we'll be there for you lot. This is one Don't where, you worry. where I, I saw the trailer for it, saw that it's out, and and been looking for everywhere to try and find out when it's coming over here. And as soon as I find out, we'll let you guys know. Definitely. So if. Should we send people over to the Twitter for for side by side? Is it just at to at side uh, yeah, by side? Yeah, side by side. Um, it's got its own Facebook. It's got its own web page. But like I said, there's a couple of trailers out there, a couple of clips out there. So definitely worth having a look. And and, and it's really got me excited for for watching this documentary at some point. Brilliant. Yeah, sounds good. I, I'm I'm gonna check that out later on. I think. Yeah. Um, where can they reach us though, Ben? You can reach us. We're on a Facebook. We're on Facebook. Um, Pan and Scan Podcast. We're on Twitter. At, we're at Pan and Scan Derby. And uh, we are. We're, on the, uh, we're on the Google Mail. We're, um, or, the, or, or Gmail, as it's sometimes known. Yeah. Pan and Scan Podcast at gmail.com. Dot com. Yeah. So, yeah, drop us a line, drop us a message, write on our Facebook wall what you want us to talk about, what you want us to see, and we'll, uh, we'll get on it. Yes. For you. Listeners, are there? Yeah, that's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, no plugs this week, Ben, so we'll just end it there. Okay. So it's uh, goodbye from me, John. And goodbye from me, Ben. Keep watching this, guys. Ooh. Don't know what that means. <laughs>